Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the latest Lace Partners HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lace Partners. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, it's been lovely to talk to you over the last sort of 18 months that we've been doing, and we've had some really great podcasts, and we've got another interesting and exciting podcast for you today. But as always, I don't like doing these unless I have a partner in crime, and today my partner in crime is co-founder Aaron Albury. How are you doing? Aaron. I am very well, Chris. And as we record this, it's just been Halloween and it is coming on to firework night. So I'm even more excited. Yes, lots and lots of noise. So uh, anyone with pets and I have a cat who is afraid of everything will be well aware of the challenges of uh, fireworks night and all of the bits that come with there. But let's not spend our entire time talking about holidays and festivities because we want to bring our guest in. And our guest today is Jenny Hind, who is the Executive Director at The Clear Company. Jenny, how are you doing? I'm, I'm great, thanks, Chris. I'm just really excited to be joining you today. Yeah, it's really good to have you on. Do you have any pets that are afraid of uh, fireworks? I do have two dogs and a cat, and the cat is probably the most nervous. The dogs are just a bit loopy, to be honest. They're louder than the fireworks generally, so not problem. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So they'll be the ones staring out the window. As Well, we're recording this on bonfire night, so by the time this goes out, it'll be post-bonfire night, but they'll be the ones tonight that will be staring out and barking with excitement, no doubt. Yeah, def- definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> cool. So we uh, wanted to talk because... We are about to, or at the time of releasing this, we will have formally announced a partnership with the Clear Company. So what we wanted to do today is just do a quick podcast to introduce the wonderful people at the Clear Company, uh, starting with yourself. But before we talk about the Clear Company, could you just give us a bit of a credentials check or a bit of background on yourself? Just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do at the Clear Company, and then perhaps tell us a little bit about the, the Clear Company as well. That'd be great. No worries. So um, credentials check sounds a little bit intimidating. It actually. does, doesn't I'm, it? I don't know yeah. why I said that. Sorry yeah. about that. I'm, 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 I'm kind of thinking, crikey, should I, you know, should I have bought my degree certificate? Don't get, but no, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No need um, to get your national <laughs> curriculum sort of these days out. No, don't worry about that. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, so I, I mean, uh, you've already introduced me as Jenny Hind, Executive Director of The Clear Company. My background is very much as a HR professional. That's what I've done throughout my career. However, I have always had a really strong focus around diversity and inclusion. And if I'm honest, that's where my passion has been right from the very beginning. So I can look back to even, you know, school projects that I, I, I did that were very much around. I remember, do, you know, interviewing this amazing Green Party candidate about uh, builders wolf whistling and the impacts on, on women and, and, and young girls. Um, and that was, you know, when I was back at school and all, all the way through, I very much had that focus on you know really wanting to see equity and fairness and a really inclusive world for everybody uh, to live and work in so I 
spent a lot of years in a number of different uh, HR roles and throughout all of them embedded diversity and inclusion in everything that I did. So, you know, even when we were in those, you know, really kind of big change management pieces where we were buying businesses and doing big integration projects or we were doing big restructure projects within organisation, always that focus on inclusive change management and really engaging with people and making sure that there wasn't adverse impact against minoritised groups within organisations. So it's just it was just the way that I operated throughout my HR career. And then uh, a number of years ago, we decided as a family to make a big move um, from the southeast uh, to the north of England, looking for more space and more time outside. And as part of that, I decided to step away from the corporate HR world and do diversity and inclusion full time because, you know, it, it's where my heart heart lies. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Aaron, you are also a man who has stepped away from the uh, south and moved up north, aren't you? So you know the benefits of that, that big open space. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I'm in York these days, Jenny, so probably not too far from you, I would have thought. But uh, southern for me, um, I grew up in Aberdeen, so uh, that was always everywhere no. in the south. But you've been, you've been living in London. You've been living in London. You know, okay. what I, you know. What I mean. So, exactly. Jenny, tell us, bit, tell us a little bit about Clear Company um, before we start talking about the the partnership that we've got in place. Absolutely. So, the Clear Company has been around since two thousand and three in the DNI space, which you know anybody will recognise is a long time. So, you know, back in two thousand and three. You know, we, we were talking about the very basics of equality. Um, you know, it, it was the very early days of, of what is now known as um, DNI or often EDNI. So the the Clear Company has got a long history of working with a, a, a huge range of organisations in lots of different sectors, different sizes on a global basis, and and really creating those tailored solutions that achieve authentic change within the DNI space. So a, an overview of the types of work that we do but you can never you can never describe it all you know simply we do a lot of strategy development audit and consultancy projects so they are very much individual to the clients that we're working with but are always about understanding you know where are they now what do they want to achieve and what are those practical steps that they need to take to achieve that change engaging um, their workforce along the way we do a huge amount of learning interventions in the dni space right from the very senior teams and inclusive leadership through to the very basics of dni foundations for those who are just starting out and everything in between we have significant programs within the inclusive recruitment space, for example, that a lot of organisations have put in place for their hiring managers. And we also have digital solutions. So one of our passions at the Clear Company is about making diversity and inclusion accessible to all. So really, you know, using those digital solutions to enable organisations who you know, need to interact with, you know, DNI in, in a different way and, and in a very cost effective way as well. So our Clear Assured technology platform is is two things in its simplest sense it's so much more than this but I'll keep it simple it's a toolkit so it gives organizations everything that they need in order to manage their DNI journey but it also measures the progress that they're making and accredits organizations going through um, you know the, the the journey that they're following so that they can really celebrate the successes when they're achieving that authentic change. No, that's brilliant. Thank you very much, Jenny, for just that overview. So I guess I want to turn across to Aaron now a little bit now, because Aaron, mm -hmm. can you give us or give our listeners, I guess, um, a bit of an overview as to how we came across the Clear Company and also talk about the partnership that we've got in place and how we actually think that'll 
be beneficial to to organizations that we work with or I guess the wider marketplace as well. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, no, it's a very interesting um, discussion, I think, to have. And and we, I came across actually the Clear Company through one of my other passions, which is the Guild. I met Kate through through that channel. For those of you who listen to our podcasts frequently, you'll know that the other podcast we have running is our Guild podcast. And there's a big passion of ours giving back to the to the profession. But I met Kate through that. And I think very quickly we realized we had some very strong values and culture aligned. And um, as an organization, we talk a lot about um, the CPO agenda and how you know, for us as an organization, you know, our, our goal is to help CPOs, HR directors realize that agenda. And, and I think it's clear you can't have uh, a, a people agenda and a people strategy as an organization that does not address DE&I uh, now. And I think as we look to those conversations, in particular post-COVID, as people realize that it's not about the token contribution on DNI, and it's actually about mindset and culture and making a real adjustment. Um, and then COVID really brought a lot of that home. But I think you know, we looked at that and said, you know, in order to really meet that requirement of the CPO and the HRD, we have to address that. We have to be able to talk about that because we do a lot of strategy work and a lot of people planning forms a big part of that. And, and in order to do that well, you know, what we looked at and said is we need to partner with someone who really does this on a day-to-day basis, who is an expert at this and really understands. And as you heard from Jenny there, I mean, everything about, you know, the clear company is is, is just set up for that. And as I say, we have a great um, cultural alignment with Kate and Gareth and Jenny, and we really understand, I think, have a great way of operating. But being able to therefore talk to our clients about DEI and bring the top professionals uh, in the field to that conversation is really what we're looking for from this partnership. And that's why it's so exciting to us. Yeah, it is really, really exciting. And we'll be doing lots of different initiatives and lots of different uh, content pieces that we'll be pushing out over the next uh, six months, nine months, uh, 12 months and and beyond. But what I actually will do, I'm going to flip it back into just bit more a deeper delve into the clear company as well, uh, if that's all right. So Jenny, can you just give us a bit of a a flavor as to the, the the most common sort of ways in which you're engaging with HR teams at the moment. Is there anything that people tend to come to you a lot more at the moment um, than perhaps they, they may have done previously? So because a lot of organizations have had to change the way that they work really dramatically and many of them are not going back to, you know, the kind of very traditional ways of working pre-pandemic, Many organisations are reaching out to us and get to engage with what well, you know. How how do we manage this? You know, how do we manage this agile working approach in a really inclusive way, but that also achieves our organisational aims? And I think we've all read and heard about you know people who are you know literally walking away from organisations that are trying to just you know turn back time and and, and going back to um, you know everybody being in the office five days a week. So so a lot of a lot of our clients are are working you know coming to us with, with that as a as as a starting point. But what that opens the door to is a conversation about well how inclusive is your culture actually and, and what are the key traits of that culture. So Where's the level of trust in your organisation for people who aren't visible in an office environment or on a site or, you know, whatever it might look like um, for that organisation in, you know, respecting and trusting people to do the role that, you know, they've been hired to do. And so you open up, a, a you know, a real kind of can of worms almost around. So this is a, re- a reflection of a much broader kind of cultural challenge. And so often the conversations start, start there at the moment. Equally, we 
get lots of conversations at the moment about inclusive recruitment. So we're not bringing in enough diverse people. And our people are shouting about that now and saying it's not good enough. So can you help us move the, the dial on that? And a lot of leaders saying, I feel really unconfident in what I'm doing in this space. I want to do the right thing. My intent is really strong, but I just don't have the knowledge and skills to do it. So a, a lot of uh, work with the, the kind of very senior leaders in organisations as well. I think it's fascinating, Jenny, and I think you're spot on. The COVID, the COVID outcome has had some unexpected results, and that hybrid working has just opened up the inclusive discussion so much more for for organisations at a at a grassroots cultural level for those organisations. And it's really interesting talking to lots of different organisations. I'm sure you find the same. Just how different people are taking the approach to that hybrid working, and and the impact that then is having on the perception of their brand. Uh, in the market around inclusiveness uh, and you know, and how two organizations taking very similar approaches to hybrid working can ha- actually have very different impacts in the market around the, the views that people and potential candidates and talent have for those organizations. It's fascinating discussion point. It really is. And it, it's, it's opened the door for organizations to really think differently about how they construct the roles that they have, how they can remove some of those barriers that have been there for, you know, minoritized groups for many, many years. So, you know, there's there's such a huge opportunity for organizations to really take a different path now, which allows them to be more inclusive and to uh, attract and retain a much more um, diverse workforce as part of that. One of the uh, one of the things, Jenny, we were just talking about actually on another call earlier today was the government's approach on levelling up and how all of that also sits into this whole dialogue and 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 uh, area of thinking around inclusion and how post COVID all of that now is up in the air and it would be changing for people for organisations some of the things that they have to report on some of the things that we measured on some of the things that got them from a governmental or, or regulatory perspective will also come into play around some of this to reinforce that cultural change. Absolutely. And it's such a significant step forward that that pressure is going to come from elsewhere, um, from Mm -hmm. external sources for organisations to really make a difference in that space. For for many years, I've been talking about the myth of meritocracy in in the societies that we operate in. And it's a a real passion area of mine that um, you, you can only have meritocracy when you've got equity in society. And we're so far away from that, that actually, you know, organisations need to recognise that. And when I was you know, trained as a manager in my early 20s, I won't say how long ago that was, um, it, it, it was all about, you know, the way to be fair is to treat everybody the same. And it takes a lot of unpicking of that mentality for organisations to recognise and for leaders and managers to recognise that you can't treat everybody the same. That That is not what diversity and inclusion is all about. And actually, all you do is kind of elevate the privilege of those who already have privilege. So that whole myth of meritocracy really connects so well to that, to that levelling up agenda. It's really exciting. You can see why we're so excited, Chris, about the partnership yeah. between us. You know, and I think you talked earlier about the Clear Assure Toolkit. You talked about you know the audits that you carry out. I mean, I think these are all very exciting elements because I think when we engage and talk about people planning, it now is just a fundamental element of those discussions. You know, before it was a bit of a forethought, uh, an afterthought. You know, what are we doing on DEI? 
now it's just fundamental you know the people planning is all around talent all around inclusion it's been and therefore the agenda is, is just part of that discussion from the start so and from from our perspective that's really exciting Aaron because you know even a, a few years ago we were yeah, we, we were still seeing organizations that were trying to put a DNI plan in place and actually DNI needs to be woven throughout everything that you do with 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 your people but not just your people you know at the clear company we work a lot with supply chains we work a lot with you know the, the customer journey as well so you know but if we if we focus on 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 the people side it absolutely has to be embedded it doesn't matter what cpos are talking about whether it be about talent acquisition talent retention whether it be about how you reward and recognize whether it be about how you engage an organization that doesn't connect their dni agenda to their well-being and mental health agenda is really missing a massive trick. So it's just so exciting to see organisations really start to grasp that concept. And and one of the byproducts of that is that we're doing a lot of work in the HR capability space, which, of course, enables CPOs to have real confidence in in their own teams, that they have the skills and the confidence to have those courageous conversations in in the organisation and to create a truly inclusive employment framework for people within the organisation. Do you know what? I was just thinking about the conversation you two are just having there and what popped into my head. And I guess this could be a question that, Aaron, maybe you can also help me out with in terms of the answer. And it's, are there any types of HR teams in any particular sectors that we've seen or you've seen, Jenny, as well, that are embracing this because it feels like universally most organizations over the last 18 months and particularly with the Black Lives Matter movement and things like that most organizations have said you know we need to up our game here is this just a universal um, approach that most industry types are embracing or are you seeing more of particular type of industry sectors that are going further in this area? I don't know who to aim that for. Should we go for our guest first, Aaron? And then you can talk about from our I, client I think perspective. So. What's the what's the demand that we're seeing from a DNI's perspective? So Jenny, so go ahead. So we've seen a really broad range of, of sectors. You know, we're we're working in the, the engineering and infrastructure space, the financial services and insurance space, you know, in the in the retail space, in the media space, you know, just, just so many different sectors that we're seeing really, you know, em, embracing what, what needs to happen here. And and to be fair, you know, there's a number of those sectors that were doing this pre-pandemic and pre that focus on anti-racism as well. So, you know, this is a continuation of the journey. But what those, you know, what, what's happened in the last 20, 21 months has accelerated that journey. What we did see in the latter part of 2020 was some knee-jerk reactions from organisations where, you know, they were coming to us and saying, we need something, we need it now, we almost don't care what it is, but we know we need to do something because we've said yeah. that we will. And actually, you know, uh, some of those initial kind of quite fraught conversations have turned into really brilliant partnerships because actually we've moved those organizations from a space of trying to kind of react in the moment for the right reasons but us knowing that that reactive approach would not have the impact that they needed to you know kind of taking a breath doing that big step back and saying okay so what is it that needs to be different and how do we help you plan to get to that 
point where you've transformed from where you are now to where you need to be. So, yeah, I can't I can't say that there's any any sectors that we've come across that aren't doing this. I think some have got less opportunity at the moment because, you know, they're really in COVID recovery. And I don't need to tell you what those what those sectors are. But, um, Mm. you know, those sectors need help in so many different ways. But um, otherwise, you know, it it really is incredibly broad. I'm glad we asked you to go first because my my experience has been the same around broad, but I was worried if I said broad and then you said specific, that would not go down so well. So there you go. We went for the specialists <laughs> first. And I'm glad we did that. Which, but you know, I think and what I'm seeing is there are all I think broad front runners on really embracing DEI in the right way, as we said, woven through the people plans, woven through the capability. Certainly, I'm also seeing, as we also talked about, some of the more regulated environments and some of them also needing to move faster. Uh, and feeling some form of regulatory pressure to move faster as well. So I think we'll see some of that come to the fore um, over the next 12 to 18 months. It's been really quite interesting. I I wrote down two other things that I think we should pick up on other calls along the way. And I think Chris may well have another question for you as well. But, you know, the the sort of driving effect of Brexit and, and talent availability in the UK another whole topic for us to talk about, I'm sure, on D- and its impact on DNI at some point. Uh, and then also, I mean, clearly you and us also operate with global businesses, large-scale global businesses. So the DNI, uh, the different approaches to DNI, and from a global perspective, and how those vary from the UK market to other markets, and some of that nuance will be a really interesting thing to talk about on another call as well. I think, Jenny. Yeah, I, I, absolutely, and I think. You know, seeing uh, DNI as part of the solution to the current attrition problem that organisations are facing is really critical if organisations are, are going to are going to succeed. And I'd love to have the conversation about the global context, but if we start on that now, we'll be we'll literally be here until Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> which is only only a few weeks away. Only a few weeks away at the time of recording. So we're just coming towards the end of this this short sort of intro podcast, and of course. As I mentioned at the start, we've got lots of interesting follow-on conversations that we want to have with the team at Clear Company. They've written some really interesting guides as well that we'll put a link in our show notes to some of the little guides that they've got, such as shared parental leave, flexible working, interesting neurodiversity toolkit. And we're going to talk to them about their mini guide on data metrics as well as one of our future podcasts, which is good. The final question I wanted to leave you on, Jenny, and it's a bit of a reflective, a bit of a predictive one is if you, myself and Aaron are sat here in one year's time when we've been obviously partners for a year's time, what does the world look like, DE and I perspective? What, what do you think will have changed in the next sort of year um, in this space? Ooh, what a question. So I think, you know, the, the whole ambition of this partnership is to weave together the incredible transformation skills that you have at Lace Partners um, alongside, you know, the, the real expertise that we have in the DNI space and the, the potential power of pulling those together for CPOs and, and organisations, I think, is is really incredible and, and and that's what excites me most about you know kind of sitting here today and talking uh, uh, about this new partnership so you know what what does that look like i think that looks like us collectively collaboratively achieving true transformational change in the dni space with with clients you know across a whole a whole range of, of sectors from the very small to, to to the very large and and that i think will you know be a real a, a real moment to celebrate Brilliant. And Aaron, I saw you vociferously nodding away. So do you want to just close us out with any final points before uh, we do the usual wrap up? I, I think I, I couldn't have said said that better. I think that's exactly 
um, what we hope we'll be talking about in the year's time, you know, that ability to embed ongoing behavioral change in that in those organizations and bringing it to, to, to life through the transformation. I think that's you know, that combo, that bringing together the two ingredients is exactly what we want to do. So I'm very excited. Can't wait to get underway. I'm very, I've, just, I've, I've been writing a list down of podcasts <laughs> we need to get started. I think we need a whole new channel, Chris, just just for the podcast we're going to create over the next few months. So very excited about it. And Jenny, thank you so much uh, for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it's been wonderful to have you on, Jenny. Thank you very much for listening to the HR on the Offensive podcast. Um, you can get us on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher, on iTunes. No, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts, it's called now. I keep getting that wrong. Spotify. Uh, you can also access all of our back catalogue of podcasts. We are coming up to the 50th HR on the Offensive podcast that we've got, Aaron. That's coming up in a few weeks. So we've also got an interesting uh, podcast series, which is run by the HR Guild, which is called In the Spotlight. So you can find that on the same channel as well but thank you very very much for listening and we will see you next time on the hr on the offensive podcast bye-bye